Welcome to Steel versus Steel. Today, the Holy Spirit popped into my mind the idea for this podcast, Plagues That Will Strike America. I've had a lot of dreams of this. It was easy to compile a list of things. I'm going to go through them, briefly each one, with emphasis where it's rated. But I was surprised to realize that a dream I had in 2013 is actually being fulfilled. I did a quick search and I was shocked. We're going to get to that. It was a three-part dream. Two parts were already fulfilled. Now the third part is fulfilled. But there's an explanation in the dream, you see. It's not just, whoa, I saw a dream and it came to pass. No, 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 no. There's an explanation about what's really happening. It's not how it looks. I'm going to get to that. So I'm going to talk about some of these dreams. And you can think about things you've read in the news, things you maybe heard, especially online with people exposing conspiracies, real conspiracies in the world. A conspiracy exposer is not a theorist. These things are facts. Now, here's a dream. Uh, I just was walking. There was some kind of a plague that had hit. People were sick. People were dying everywhere. But I continued to walk. For some reason, it felt like I was walking in the middle of the United States in the southern portion, below the center line somewhere. And it just felt like that. I don't know if that's where it was. But I, as I walk, there's sickness everywhere. And maybe I was a little sick or not. I don't remember. But I walk through water. It's just like a cube of water, just in space, not held by walls or anything, just water. I walk through it, kind of a thing that can happen in a dream vision. And floating in this water are some kind of plants. I don't recall what they looked like. They maybe had some little small berries on there, but they definitely were small plants with leaves. And then there were turtles all in this water. And I just understood that somehow these turtles are important. I come out the other side and no one's sick, but there's a big difference now. The population is heavily weighted toward women. There are a lot of women and not so many men. Big sickness comes and it kills more men. Oh, that doesn't seem right. How could that work? Well, what if they had a genetic bioweapon that only targeted men? Well, in fact, they do have such a thing. You've heard of SARS. You've heard of MERS. But do you know, I went, I went and looked up the statistics. I counted everything out myself and I ran this. It's 1.7 times as many men are killed, were killed, in the SARS outbreak and the MERS outbreak. MERS in the Middle East, SARS in China. Of course, even back then with SARS, they were saying, wow, we think someone released this. This looks like a, the test. Somebody's testing a bioweapon. With MERS, it was the same thing. With SARS, they had uh, emphasized its, how contagious it was, that somebody could catch it more easily. With MERS, they had made it more deadly. So they were experimenting with two different chains of molecules that would change the behavior of the manufactured virus. So in this dream, it was something like that, killed a lot of men. Maybe they have it amped up more than that, more than 1.7%. Now, listen, I've researched this, and I, you know, I want to know, because well, some people said, oh, no, all viruses kill more men because women have a superior immune system. Okay, so that, the second part of that is true. The second premise is true. The first part is not. Now, the fact is, I've looked this up. When viruses like Ebola, 
and smallpox and things like this, women actually do have a superior immune system and they survive at a benefit between one and 3% max, not seven, not 70%. One to 3%, not 70%. If you were doing a study and everything's falling 1%, 2%, 3%, and then you say they get 70%, hey, something is, there's a big change here. What's the difference? So don't, don't believe that story about it's the immune system. Women have two X chromosomes, and the body chooses the one it feels is superior and uses that X chromosome. So if it gives you an, an opportunity for a superior immune system, a superior set of genetics. And apparently that pans out to a 1% to 3% advantage on average across a large population. Okay, that was that dream. Some kind of a bioweapon targets men more than what kills all genders, but targets men more. Okay? Something that you would maybe want to do if you planned on, say, diminishing the population and then building it back up from scratch with a lot of children that you wanted absolute control over so that you would not teach them about Jesus. Maybe that, that this could be what that is. kind of gives you a hint about who's running the show in the background, about what's really going on. Now, here's another one. I've made a YouTube video on this in the past, but it's again, it's a kind of a simple dream. I see a map of the United States, and there are two jagged lines running from north to south, Across the East Coast, on the, on the East Coast, and on the West Coast. You can see it's pushed in past the major cities. And they're being held up. Maybe it's at the foothills of the Sierra Nevadas on the West. Maybe it's at the, the Rocky Mountains on the East. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly. But there's fighting going on there. There's a lot of fighting. And an American general walks into a room. And there's a biologist seated there. And he says, listen, this plague is killing our men. We can't afford to take these losses. We need a cure to this plague. And the biologist says, I, I need men. The, the, the general says, no, I can't spare any men. I need every man I have. I'm taking heavy casualties. I need every man I have. But I've got to stop the deaths from this plague. And he tells the biologist, you, can, you have free reign. You can do whatever you want. So the biologist starts releasing experimental procedures over small towns. Except this isn't anybody, and this is one of these subplots that runs through dreams. That there will be in the middle of everything, here is a man, here is a woman, a person who trusts in God. And look how different it is for them. And this guy, the dream explains, God had put through hard scenarios in his life. He'd been tried He'd been put through the fire, and he was purified in many ways. And this guy went to work, and he was ready, and he found a way that he thought he could cure this. And after only a few towns, because he was blessed, because God had built him up, he found the cure. He found it. So God had prepared a solution to that plague that was coming. Now, when you're fighting a war, you don't want to start cheating and lying about things. Because you're desperate to stay alive. Not like the last few years. So, that's that dream. Plague and war on two coasts. So the, the devil, he wants to unleash as much damage all at once as he can. Just compact the misery. So that, you know, as the, as the scripture says in Revelation, that men's hearts fail them. 
but not us. We have faith in God. Our feet are firmly on the rock. We listen to God. We believe him. We obey what he says. Another dream. There's a disease that's saturating the air, just everywhere. People are so afraid of this disease, they wrap their food very carefully. This is something I've seen in other dreams as well. People uh, living in the wilderness, people fleeing cities, they're using Tupperware, they're using plastic wrap, triple wrapping their food. There's something you just can't let your food be exposed to the air. It doesn't explain what it is in all dreams, but in this dream, it kind of did. People were afraid and they were wrapping their food. And this particular disease, whatever it was, and this is why people were saying, oh, COVID, this and that, there's going to be more than one thing. And they are releasing these things, which is an, an element in some of the more dreams I'm going to share here. But this one, it started in the Hispanic communities, and it started with children, which again, how could that be? Well, maybe it's because Hispanic people have a very uh, high value on core family principles. And you might find a household with a working father and a mother and their children. And then they might have uh, some uh, grandmas in there, maybe grandpa, maybe some cousins who have just moved there. They're helping them. Core principles, family values. Family has a lot of value. So they, they typically have a higher density in a house. Maybe this is just the factor that comes in. Or maybe, as some other dreams have showed me, uh, these the wicked people who are designing these things, releasing them, they are targeting them against certain minorities, certain groups of people, people in low-income zip codes, like this. You see? The dream showed me that this was something, George, another dream showed me that this was something George Soros was doing, and that was the secret of Black Lives Matter. That was the, their secret purpose so that he could target minorities. And, that, and what happened with that? Well, after BLM, they said, well, we're going to do this vaccine, and, you know, we just want to give priority to people who have been disparaged and oppressed in the past. We want to make up for that a little bit by putting them first in line for vaccines. <laughs> it was no favor. It was no courtesy. It was no form of a reparations. As a, no, no, no. It was designed that way, and we all see now people are dying everywhere from these things. Now listen to this dream. This dream is a critical, this is critical for, for you to understand what's really been happening here. In this dream, uh, it, it's in, it takes place in Australia, and there are groups of government men in teams of two, and they, they've, they've been somewhere, and now they're arriving at a secret place. It's kind of a desert landscape, and there's a large red crimsony looking rock in a place it's not crimson it's white with red flecks in it maybe and someone in secret has hollowed out this rock put a secret door in there you can't see it from the outside you have to know where it is and because it's in a remote desert place no one's even going to be looking for a secret door out there but these men know where it is and they all report in there and they're all saying did you yeah did you succeed yeah yeah we did you opened it and waved it and everything yeah yeah but you're fine. Yeah, yeah, we're fine. We're fine. So they're all there and they're celebrating like, okay, now we have to, we're supposed to sit here for, I, I, it was three months or six months, some amount of time. Because what they've done is they've released some kind of a bioweapon. And now when everyone else is getting sick, they're going to hide out in this place. And this hollowed out huge rock, they've got a pool table in there, cases and cases of 
uh, cigars, cognac, uh, excellent chocolates, all different kinds of uh, food packaged in can. There's like a television. There's an Xbox in there. They've got all the stuff they want. It's just a bunch of teams of men. It's all men. No, no women were involved. So they come in there, and then there's this big plasma screen TV. It comes on, and it's their commander, apparently, because they all immediately give him their deference, and they pay attention to what is this man going to say. And he comes on, and he starts talking. Oh, and he confirms with the groups. Oh, it's good to see you. It's good to see you. Oh, I see. Okay, you guys, uh, everybody c- c- completed your missions as specified. Yeah, yes, we did, we did, did. And no one saw you. No one observed. No, no, no. Okay, that's excellent. No one followed you to the location? No, absolutely not. Why would they? They don't suspect anything. He says, okay, that's good, but I, d- I do have some bad news for you, some tragedy. It, it, it turns out that one of, the gr- one of the teams, and he names them, whatever it was, Jenkins and Smith. The, 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 those aren't the names, whatever, something. So Jenkins and Smith, they, uh, they got contam- contaminated, and uh, they were apparently in the room where you are now, which means that you're all going to get it. You're all going to die. He said, we can't let you out, so you're going to be locked in there. But you have six months' worth of food. He said, just go wild. So these guys, they all lament to each other, and then they say, but we're going to live it up for these last days. They start breaking open the cases. They're smoking the cigars, drinking the alcohol, shooting pool, laughing it up, celebrating drunk Shirts open, ties off, just like that. They're all going to die now. But they weren't really exposed. This guy who rented, so this is something that the Holy Spirit showed me. The Satanists, they use people and then they kill them. They use people and then they kill them. Now, not only in a conversation, not only in a dream, I've actually met a guy who told me that that's how they do it. When I was in the Marines, he said, never volunteer for a mission like this. He gave some descriptions. He said, you'll be killed at the end. You see, what happens is, if you send out a sniper to kill a governor or somebody important, some guy starting a grassroots movement, a new type of tea party or something, if you send a sniper out to kill that guy, He'll tell them, oh, this guy is like a child pedophile. This guy's selling secrets to the communists. He'd be like, ah, yeah, I'll go get that done. But then later in the news, they start talking about, well, this guy was an American hero. He was a true patriot. That sniper, he might say, well, they told me a different story when I killed him. He might start talking to somebody, mad that he was lied to. Or maybe he just gets a change of life philosophy. He starts talking. No, no, so now they take a second sniper, and they kill that. They send him to kill the first sniper with the same kind of a story. Eh, he, that guy, he's a bad guy. He's a villain. We found out he's been laundering money for terrorism. What? Okay, I'm on it. And no one's ever going to talk about the first sniper. He's, nobody knows him. That's by design. Nobody's ever going to talk about that guy. Oh, some soldier died in line of action. No one's ever going to say this guy was a great guy doing great things for the world and the enemy wanted him out. No. The second sniper, he walks around thinking he like did a great act for his nation, for the world. That's what happens. So, and that's what you need to understand. Separate releases in different locations, they're releasing things. It's going to come up again. Okay, now, this dream that I alluded to in the very beginning of this podcast. 
In September 3rd, 2013, I was praying, Lord, please show me what's going to happen in Syria, what's going to happen there. This is a dream I had three parts. In the first part, Obama sends, oh no, I'm sorry. In the first part, I see a guy, he's staggering, he's walking, he's just his skin has this weird gray tone to it, gray skin. And he doesn't look drunk, it's not the way he's stumbling, he looks fatigued, tired, drained. I just see him walking through the dusk shadows of a street somewhere. Now, in the next scene, there are these two young men. One guy is trying to call around, trying to find anybody. But everybody's sick. Everyone's sick. But he finally reaches one friend who isn't sick. And they start talking on the phone. Hey, why do you think we're not sick? Well, we don't know. They go through all these different ideas. And finally, they decide, well... Maybe it's because we eat a very specific diet. I don't, I don't know what it was. Maybe they ate halal food or maybe they only ate all organic food and they only bought from small farms or something. But that, that was their guess. But it could be something else that they didn't get or the food is poisoned. But again, it's not natural. These guys just don't get sick. Everyone, Their neighbors are sick, families are sick, but not these guys. How can that be? How can that happen? Same kind of thing happened during Spanish influence. I spent a lot of time researching that, reading the old history. That thing was made up. That, you, you know the story. I'm not going to get into it. So, in the third part of the dream, he, calls, he tells his friend, come, come to my place. But it takes him a long time to get there. When he arrives, he said, where, are you, where have you been? He says, look, I got myself a gun from Barack Obama. I got a gun from Barack Obama. So later that month, that same month on the 28th of, I'm sorry, on the 18th of September, the Obama government approved guns for Syria. So the third part of that dream was fulfilled. Obama sent guns to Syrians. So now, what about this first scene? This first scene, this sickness? Well, turns out, well, I looked it up, I thought, well, may, was there ever some sickness in 2013 or 14, 15, maybe something, something what is it? I looked it up. No, there's the sickness outbreak now, November, December, 2022, cholera. It's spread even now into Lebanon. There are more than 60,000 confirmed cases and more than 100 deaths already confirmed. So you can understand that it's a, a nation at war. Infrastructure isn't as it should be. People aren't where they know other people. They don't always go in for medical help. So not every case is reported, but the numbers they have are 60,000 sick, 100 dead. So they have a real authentic epidemic. That's what they've got going on in Syria. So that dream, all three parts of that dreams now are, are fulfilled. All three parts. Cholera, the gray, and, and the major symptom of cholera is gray skin, a bluish gray skin. So... I made a video some years back. It was called, it's called, this is the exact title on YouTube, 11 Dreams and Visions of Biochemical Warfare in the U.S. and in Europe. But it's not only chemical weapons. It's also biological weapons, plagues and things. <clears throat> now, this dream set is a little more complex. It's, the, the, the video on YouTube is called um, Martial Law. 
occupation by foreign armies. It's many sets, it's many scenes in the dream, but it follows a young husband. He and his wife live near a river. It's, it looks like it's like a, a repurposed factory district. I remember when I lived in Philadelphia, uh, they call it Fishtown, right? There used to be um, a place where they made different types of products, uh, fabrication buildings, and they repurposed them, made them into apartments and lofts and things, art studios, and they repurposed it. And in this scene, that's what it looks like. A bunch of brick buildings down by a river, and, then, and not too far away from his back window, he can see this big bridge. So one morning he wakes up, and he sees that there's a tank on the top of the bridge. And it's got one of these rounded turrets, the kind that looks like a T-72 Russian tank. Americans, Europeans, they don't build their tanks like that, but the Russians do. And at the bottom, there's this big white box. If you've ever seen a, uh, a transport-ready guard shack, it looks like that. We had them when I was in South Korea uh, for a military exercise. And there's one of these down the bottom of the hill, and he's watching... And this white car comes up, and you can see that there's some kind of a big disagreement, some emphatic gesturing with hands, and the driver guns the engine and starts crossing the bridge. And on top of this guard shack, there's a 50 cal machine gun, and the gunner swings around, loads the car up with bullets, and the car slowly drifts off to the left, crashes into the railing, and stops there, smoking. The guy looks, I can't believe this. They just shot that guy up. Who, who's this tank? Who are these people? He has no idea. It happens suddenly overnight. Martial law. Then there are some scenes that basically show that these, this army that comes in to establish this martial law, they're telling people, well, we are from Europe, but they're not. They're really from South America. And this Hispanic guy, because he speaks Spanish, he understands. These guys are liars. <laughs> they're wearing uniforms uh, that belong to Dane, I'm sorry, the Netherlands Police Departments. And I looked up the symbol that I saw that week, and I found that the Netherlands Police Department had only recently, just like a few weeks previous, adopted this symbol, this new shoulder patch for police. But these guys all spoke Spanish. They weren't from the Netherlands. <laughs> this guy calls them out on it, and they really don't like that. He said, you know what? He said, we're leaving now, but we'll be back. And he said, we're going to have permission to do this. And he takes like his baton and simulates striking him in the shoulder three times and then striking him down on the upper thigh where there's a big nerve cluster right there. Like if you ever trained to do riot control, that's where they train you to hit. Don't hit the head, at least not in America. You don't want to. The Russians, they'll do that. But in the States, you're told, you know, strike the shoulder, strike the arm, scream, get back. But this guy, he was angry that he'd been busted, that he wasn't really European. He was furious about it. And he wanted to get something. This guy didn't like Americans. And he was looking forward. He said, we're going to be back second time. That's what he said. So there will be one martial law, and it'll be fake. It'll be temporary. They'll take it away. But it's just to disarm people, to reduce opposition to when they bring martial law in a second time. And that second time is going to be permanent. Now, how much of the U.S. is encompassed in this, the first phase and the second phase? I don't know. Parts of the interior where Dimitri Dudeman says riots will start, the large cities on the coast, I don't know. I don't know. Is it the same size first and second time? Probably not. But I don't know. The dream didn't show that. Then the dream shows a scene where it shows that uh, 
this young Hispanic man, he, he wants to leave the United States, but his father doesn't want to do it. And then they get jumped by some other Hispanic people. And uh, he fights off one guy and manages it. And when he goes back to, to his father, he finds that those men killed his dad. So it just shows that there's, and this is something else I've seen, anarchy. And then these people, these Dutch police, these people who are describing themselves as European police officers, these enforcers of martial law, probably the United Nations, if other people's dreams are accurate. They want to trade guns. Somebody's getting married and they say, well, and this guy takes the gun. His wife says, no, keep the gun. We'll need the gun. The gun is valuable. He says, no, I know that you want to have a wedding and for a big wedding and we want to have guests, we need food. And for that, I need to trade in this gun. So I don't know if he was trading for money to buy food or if they were giving him food for the gun. I don't know, but that's what it was. Now, here's the clincher on this. The last scene of the dream, the last scene of the dream, I see this neighborhood, like a big cluster of suburbs like you might see in a, in a California bedroom community. And this family, a man and a woman, they get a phone call. Well, in your district, in your sector, <clears throat> and this is interesting because recently different cities have started to create these sectors, these quadrants, started to break up their cities in Canada and elsewhere. And that's something I saw in this dream. And you had to do, if one person in that got sick, everybody had to go down to the high school and get submit themselves for a decontamination process. You, had, you were given a special suit. And by the way, I found those suits last year or two years ago, and they're now making them. It's like this canvas suit with a zipper that goes diagonally across the front. And you have to take off each part as instructed, and they spray you down until you're completely naked and you spray you down. And, oh, you know what? Let me back up a little bit. This martial arts group, they had jetpacks. Now, remember, I had this dream in like 2009 or something. People didn't have jetpacks then, but they do now. So all the things they're showing these dreams are starting to come. The things I saw in the dreams, they exist now, all of it. So, and uh, biosecurity, that's definitely a thing in the world we live in today. And that's what this last scene showed. And here's what happened. These guys who were running the decontamination centers, they seemed to be Germans to me in the dream. They looked German. These tall guys, kind of thin, very light colored hair, a lighter shade, the lighter end of the spectrum of blonde. And they all look like the same guy, but different ages. Which to me, and this again, this is a guess, looked like clones. Looked like clones. And they were like gods. They were like, when they finished, they were like, if you want to worship me, you can. If they liked somebody, they would offer them that. And then part of the worship would become, as it was in biblical times, it involved sex. And they were doing all kinds of horrible stuff. When I talked about the dream, I really, I just kind of left it out because I was ashamed. I was like, wow, I had that in my dream. Ooh. But now I'm telling everybody because you know what? I leave stuff out and then it comes to pass and it just weakens the message. So I'm not doing that anymore. Now, here's one more. We've all read in Revelation where it talks about a plague comes and people's faces melt off. Well, that's what I saw in this dream. And here's how it starts. There's a journalist has a, an idea that something not right is going on in this military facility. It's someplace, there's a big force, there's a field, and this facility is set down into the ground. So you can only kind of see like the upper two feet and then the roof. And then there are these, it's like trenches in placed all the way around it. 
so that there's a regular door there, but you have to hop down from the ground. You have to hop down into this trench, then you can open the door and enter the building. So this journalist thinks, oh, I'm going to get a scoop on this story. He sees something's happening one day. It's not the normal activity. So this journalist, I think it's a woman, runs across the field, opens the door, goes in, and this is what's happening. She sees two men. They're dressed completely in these white biohazard suits, the big, the big hat with the big clear face mask in the front, and they have packs with tanks on their back. And in, their front, on the, in the front, they have something like a tool. It's like a metal rod that goes out like you might spray uh, a bug, bug repellent around the outside of a house, except instead of just a nozzle, it ends in a long horizontal pipe, and there are several nozzles all along this, and, it, and they're shooting fire out of these things. So that with one sweep, he can just uh, cover a, a large section of the floor. Everything's made of concrete. They're burning the floor, the walls, the ceiling, everything. And they're being meticulous and careful about it, hitting everything twice. And then in the next scene, people are sick. People are sick. And people are so terrified of this that if someone falls to the ground and exhibits symptoms, people run from there at max speed, screaming. It's not like the COVID seizures or anything like this. No, no, no. People are terrified of it. And in the dream, I see some people that I knew some years ago. And the older son, they had two sons. The older one is just learning to drive. And I did some math and I figured out that that would put this scene at around 2025. Unless he puts off learning to drive, and I don't think he will. It could be later. But that's when I saw this. The Air Force comes out, and they establish a decontamination center. And they have these very strict protocols. They have like one, one wall that no one, that they have certain procedures that are designed to prevent any kind of uh, contamination passing that barrier. And then inside their mobile unit, there's another wall that's their last line of defense, that if they get contaminated within their operating procedure on the first half, then they fall back to that second half to just try to save themselves. And that's what happens. They get working for a while, and then somehow the contamination breaches the first wall, gets into their operating area, and several nurses die. They lose some of their nurses. So they fall back, and they're hoping, wow, we're just hoping... We're definitely not in a position to help anybody now. It's unclear how this sickness uh, broke the barrier, but it did. And these people were, in the dream, I didn't see that people were lazy or sloppy or unprofessional, nothing like that, to suggest that by error, this thing jumped the line. So how did they get it? Maybe it's some other vector. Maybe it's some other thing. I don't know. But they were in this second half, and they had closed off the line. They were no longer trying to help decontaminate people in the community. They weren't trying to save anyone. They were trying to save themselves. That was their protocol. Those were their orders. They weren't cowards or anything. They were doing as they were told. Doctors are valuable. So they're back in there, and there are these little, like, cubby holes. And one of the guys has climbed up in there. They're all Air Force personnel, as far as I could tell. And he goes to sleep, and someone says, hey, he's been sleeping for a while. And when they go to move him, his face slides off into mush. Not like his face 
slides off and is still a face. His face slides off and slumps into a mush. Now, I've wondered about that for years. It has to be something that just attacks the way that cells bond to one another. I don't know. I don't know what what could do such a thing to a person, but that's what it is. And the Bible actually describes, the Bible describes something exactly like that. Okay, I found it. It's in Zechariah chapter 14, verse 12. And this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet, and their eyes shall consume away in their holes, and their tongue shall consume away in their mouth. That describes very well what I saw in that vision. The people's flesh melted right off their bodies, just melted. Just while they're standing there, it says, I saw a guy fell asleep and his body melted, but it was happening to other people before that. They just melted. I don't don't know how that will work, but the Lord... He is sure to warn. And don't be afraid, but seek the Lord. Seek to draw near to our Father in heaven, to hear his voice, to obey with joy, knowing that where he guides you, it will be safe or you will have some purpose. Those who dwell in the sacred place of the Most High, those who draw near, those who sit in his presence, they shall be protected under the wings of God. And I hope that will be you, my friend. This is the man from Modesto, Robert Avila, reminding you as always to pray or be defeated.